There is nothing more rewarding than watching your favorite football game. This is the essence of masculinity. I open myself a beer, burp vigorously, and get ready for some passive action. My cat jumps into my lap and looks me in the eyes while hitting the remote control with her right paw. She wants tuna crackers. I assure my furry significant other that we will get them first thing in the morning. This is not a good answer. She rephrases. She wants tuna crackers now. I get up and grab some money in hatred and resentment. She is like a wife, and we enjoy the dynamics of a heterosexual couple. I am single, yet married to a cat. I have been spending the past few days, or maybe years, in the dark solitude of my bedroom, arranging gummy bears on the bed. I place them in random situations and positions. I make them interact socially, gummies at the office, gummies reading books together, and gummies having hot, sweaty sex. Some of them break the rules by having sex at the office. I am a man of strong principles. I do not like my settings to overlap. I remove them forcefully and place them in solitary confinement for breaking the rules. Bad, bad gummy. One mature male gummy doesn't need to be placed in confinement. He has isolated himself and doesn't want to interact with anybody. He's sad and hasn't showered or eaten in a very long time. However, he refuses to change his setting. He will not move an inch. He's stunned. What's wrong, boy gummy bear? While I try to hold a conversation with the little bear, an angry paw pushes all of them aside. The principles vanish. The gummy social structure is a mess. It's my cat that interrupts my adorable, depressing game. She shows me an older picture in which she was overweight and happy. Then she points at her protruding ribs. The message is simple. She's hungry. I need to get food for her, so I crawl to the grocery store in pajamas and barefoot. When I get back from the store, I pass one of the mirrors hanging in the hallway, accidentally looking in that direction. A pale reflection of what used to be me stares back at me. What? I have covered all the mirrors in the house myself. I don't want to see my face. I refuse to see my face. I hate to see my face. I summon the cat and force her to take a look at us. She screams her throat raw and closes her eyes. She might have uncovered the mirror with her tail by mistake. She promises not to do that again if I feed her. Okay, I will feed her. The doorbell rings, but we don't move. Maybe they will leave us alone. I spot a shadow standing right in the middle of my bedroom. It's Slomo, who stopped by to bring us matzo ball soup. We inhale the fragrance of the soup. I wonder if someone could make little bottles of matzo soup perfume. I instantly picture my cat advertising exotic fragrances by even more exotic designers. Matzo by Ball. Masuka by Dill. Oh, we used to love to eat. Inspired by our original setting, Covered Mirrors, Slomo starts saying the prayer for the dead. We politely inform him that we are not dead. Not yet. The soup is good, though. We haven't had a decent meal in a very long time. Slomo is happy to hear that we are not dead. We try to show our stiff, ridiculous liveliness to Slomo by walking from the window to the bed and back, asking him about the weather and about my dear Aunt Lila's apricot trees.
An hour later, a concerned Slomo leaves us, but not before handing me a letter. The anonymous letter informs me, in a stern tone, that I have been accepted for a healing session with the well-known and rarely seen shaman Evgeny Heavyfeather. I should probably go see him.